Okay, cool. Yo. Yo, you guys, I'm tired. And uh, I'm sleepy today. I'm trying to drink some yerba mate. But I'll tell you that me and I think it's my friend Matt Pike sometimes will, when we're tired, we'll like imitate the Mike Judge. Like, I'm tired, you know? And it's <laughs> captured on photograph i'll send you the photo one time when judge was playing that song i'd made the like sleepy motion and i'm right up front i'm wearing like some weird collared shirt like i came from work and and judge was like i'm tired and i made the like sleepy hand motion and someone <laughs> took a fucking picture of it so that's me today i'm tired man i got I got this AHA water. We're sponsored by AHA, I wish, with the green tea. So it's like sparkling water with caffeine. And then I, got, I also got some yerba mate. So I'm double dipping today. But Greg, why don't you tell us, this is a, a different, it's a special episode. Yeah, what do we call, is this a spinoff sort of? It's yeah, like, sure. Spinoff. Yeah. And spinoffs are sometimes really successful. It's, a, it's our side project. Side yeah. project. So... Um, you know, we, Javier, uh, myself and Jason, we've talked to about how, you know, we want to make sure that the quality of these episodes is top notch. So in order to make that happen, we had to kind of do some rescheduling and I'll be really vague and leave it at that, but I'll tell people that it will be, uh, it will be worth it for the wait. But we kind of thought now that we have Jason contributing, uh, you know, orally, 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 you not orally. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I think it it's does. both. I think it's both. Like, yeah. I mean, oral, now oral that he's speaking, oral, yeah. oral. Now, that, now that he's speaking on podcast, we figured, mm-hmm. well, we had, you know, half a dozen episodes where he didn't really get to have any input. Yeah. So it's sort of like, he's, he's our interview guest today. Um, we're going to talk to him and uh, I think people will enjoy it. Guys, before we get into that, I was listening to another podcast this morning, uh, the Death Wish discography one. What's it called? Death's Cast? Deathscography. Deathscography. And they introduced themselves. And I realized that we don't really do that. Like, we kind of just jump in. And so yeah. people might not know our voices. And they might they just know. be like... They know. You think they, they know? know? I don't know. You know how many times I've gotten <laughs> my Philadelphia <laughs> accent has been brought up? They might through. know you. They might know yeah. you. <laughs> but anyway, I'm Javier. I'm Greg. I'm Jason. All right. So Jason's so, the newest addition to our team. He didn't start out, or when we started this podcast, he was like behind the scenes and he was helping us with the, like some of the um, graphics mm-hmm. and then just a lot of the input like we would kind of turn to him for input like what do you think about this and and then he i think he was kind of scared to come on and he was scared to well, have his, his we, voice we, beyond we, we saw him we saw him hide uh-huh. That's we, asked true. If he, we asked if he had pride and he told us that <laughs> he was afraid to share what's inside hold on you saw me there without a word <laughs> blending in so content so damn content <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So we we wanted to have him on. He's he's uh he's getting a lot more comfortable, and we love it. And um, and he's just as much of a fucking nerd about hardcore as we are. It's true. Uh, we just exposed him. Yeah, <laughs> it's we true. blew up your spot. It's true. My spot's blown up. 
But I guess before we get into uh, that part, I think it might be time to. Um, I guess first off, a bit of bow to our sponsor for this episode, Mission Two Entertainment. Um, Mission Two Entertainment is a record label based out of Chicago. Uh, and right now they have three releases that are out. They have a Chromax album, that's their first release. Uh, they have a, an Insight retrospective. Um, and then they have a album by the band Don't Sleep, which features Dave Smalley from DYS and Dag Nasty. And if you're listening to this and don't know who Dave Smalley is, I don't even know what to say. Um, they also just signed a new band that has someone from Napalm Death and someone from Megadeth. Oh, yeah, really? I saw that. Yeah. So, anyway, I figured today I would talk about uh, the Chromags in the beginning record. Uh, that was their first release. The lineup is uh, Harley Flanagan, of course. He's been on every Chromags record. Um, Gary G Man Sullivan on drums. He. Uh, I think he drummed for like the B-52s or something like that. Like really good drummer. Um, then Gabby Abularach, I think is how you say his name. I'm not sure who played on Alpha Omega and I believe Near Death Experience. He plays uh, guitar. And then Rocky George from Suicidal Tendencies um, plays lead guitar. He was on the Chromag's Revenge album. And I mean, I got to say, if you like... Chromags with Harley singing. Uh, I do. Um, it's a great record. It sounds good. It was uh, produced by Arthur Risk, uh, who's done work with, you know, Power Trip. And, I, you know, I, I knew him from seeing him play in Cold World and he played in War Hungry, I think. Um, he recorded the Max Cavalera's band with his brother, Cavalera Conspiracy. Like he's, he's been all over the map. and He's like well known with heavy music. Um, so yeah, if you if you like Chromags, I mean the album's got a lot of diversity. There's some like uh, cello on a song and um, stuff like that, but it's good. It's a uh, I listened to it when I took a jog and I had one of the best times I I had for one of my slow jogs. So that's good. So yeah, check out the new Chromags. It's on uh, Mission Two Entertainment. Um, our website should have uh, soon a, a link where you can go right to their web store and then that helps them know that we sent you there. So hit it up, check it out. They got a ton of merch. Jason, you like merch, don't you? Get some sweatpants. I got the Chromag sweatpants. Yeah. On champion. champion, champion. I pulled them out. My wife said, are those champion? I said, yep. <laughs> you gave her Chromag's, a wink like Chromag yeah, suit. Baby. Yeah. Mission two does it right. So yeah. So bit of bow mission two. And I wanted to bit of bow, um, Everybody who's come on the show so far to be interviewed um, for the first, you know, nine episodes. Yeah. Come on. It's, we really appreciate it. Um, we've had so much feedback. People love the guests. Um, so I want to thank all of them for taking time and speaking with mm -hmm. us. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect to be interviewing the people that we have had on our podcast before. And I'm sure I've said that on air, but to go from, you know, just the two of us talking in the beginning, Greg, to then talking to Ray Capo, Jordan Cooper, Porcel, Arthur, Luke, everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually this week started a 
Google spreadsheet, their Google Sheets for all the episodes through 22 and my wish list of people that I want to interview for those records. And then my wish list for crisis records. And then my wish list for bid at bonus episodes. So my hunger for talking to these people knows no bounds. And if we can get some of these people on our show and even, even more wacky ideas, I feel like I'm really good at harebrained schemes. That's like one of my strong points is coming up with weird shit. Hatching a plan. Yeah. So I hope that some of that stuff comes to fruition and I'm excited to share, you know, what we have coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, we have, so I I guess now's a good time to talk about the Patreon. Um, So we have the Patreon that you can access. The easiest way is through where it went podcast.com. You can sign up for a mailing list where we'll send you uh, an exhaustively researched discography that Javier put together because there's not really online. There's not a cut and dry rev discography. So he cross-referenced a lot of different, um, different episodes or not episodes, (laughs) different sources to come up with this discography. And you just, you put your email in and you'll get sent that. Um, But there's a Patreon because you know, the podcast does cost us, money to run and maintain and uh, advertise for and there's some cool perks like we have a bunch of levels i'm not going to really go into all the levels because you can just see it on the site and um but we have bit of bonus episodes that should be coming before the end of the month we have an interview with insight um and an interview with don't sleep with dave smalley Mm -hmm. so if you want to hear them you know check out the patreon yeah, and we're always trying to find new ways to serve our patrons also. You know, I, I created a new segment called Having My Say where I kind of, because I'm in charge of editing, I took some stuff that was not intended to be in an episode and I kind of stitched it together and, and put it out there. And I'm hoping to do that more and more in the future. And maybe when we start interviewing guests before we hit, you know, record on the main part of the thing, we could be like, Oh, Hey, what about this? Or what about this? You know, like we talked our first having my say, we talked to drew, we were talking to drew about bold, but he talked a little bit about into another, which we're all huge fans. And so we wanted to get into, into another as soon as possible, basically. So we just kind of bugged him a little bit and, you know, some gold came out. And so, yeah, and I think we had some too for, for some of the other episodes that hopefully we can get out there. But yeah, like we're trying to do stuff and we are working on, um, you know, the message board. I know that's one of our perks for every level of Patreon because, you know, we're old school. We come from like the Rev, the Rev board era. B9 so, board era. Yeah. Not so pop. Yeah. So we're working on getting that up uh, and running as soon as possible. But I guess. Do you have I any wanna, other? Well, I want to talk real quick. I, I don't know if I've really discussed the discography that I came up with. I know that I've, I've touched on it in the past, but basically before we get into talking to Jason, I wanted to explain that discography. I feel like we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Greg and I had a conversation with Zach Oxnard of 185 miles South podcast about revelation records. And 
he that podcast is awesome if you love hardcore if you love hearing people talk about hardcore music i'd highly suggest listening to subscribing to 185 miles south but when i i was trying to come up with um a list of of rev releases and so first thing you do is you google it and it lands you on wikipedia well the wikipedia entry is all fucked up it's mm -hmm. just it's just all over the place so then i looked at kevin finn's um like rev collectors list and i noticed that there was some missing numbers so i started looking that up and discovered that he just didn't list any CDs on it at all, which makes sense if it's a record collector's list, but that doesn't help someone who wants to know what every single Rev releases. So then... Right. Plus, uh, I think people forget that like there was a point where vinyl was not sold as... I mean, hard... It wasn't, it wasn't kept, in vogue. Yeah. Right. Kept it going even myself i bought vinyl in the 90s and then i stopped for a while until the last like 10 years yeah. so there was an era where it was just cheaper to just you know press cds and that's it mm -hmm. yeah you know in in the episode where we asked jordan about the youth of today bold cd that at the time was 15 dollars and if you adjust for inflation, I don't know what that is, but it's probably pretty expensive considering that a 12 inch back then was what? $8, $10 postpaid, $12 postpaid. So a CD cost more. And then during the, I'm sure the 2000s, you could get CDs for print, printed for less than a dollar, you know? So I looked at an inflation calculator. Uh -huh. Fifteen dollars in nineteen eighty-eight is thirty-two dollars and ninety-six cents today. Wow, that's some Australian <laughs> prices. That's fucking really yeah. high. So, imagine right now that you wanted to buy the CD and you look at the price tag and it's like thirty-two dollars, and you're like, "Nope, I'm not buying that." I even do that with, when I go to the record store and I see a brand new record and it's thirty dollars. I have a hard time with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so anyway. Uh, then I started looking on discogs.com, which is was a really, really good resource and also helped me discover some of the players of a lot of these projects as well. And a lot of the producers, a lot of the credits. Uh, so I could look at some of this stuff without having to reference the actual physical copy if I needed to. And then I hit up Igby, who works at Revelation Records, and he's in charge of a lot of putting the actual releases into the web store. So putting them on, you know, he has to enter in all the information, and all that. And he clued me into a way to find out what the individual releases are. So I believe that my list is the most comprehensive list of Revelation Records releases that exists in one place. I, I, I feel confident saying that and, and, I put the work in to do that. So if you want to find that, just sign up for our email list. It'll be sent to you. And then if you want, you can unsubscribe for some reason. But I think that you should just stay subscribed because we're not going to use it to send you a bunch of weird bullshit. No, we haven't sent anything else besides that discography. Yeah, we haven't. And it's just kind of a, you know, there, I think more as a, um, a, if we need it, in case of emergency, we'll have your emails. And I'm sure someday we'll use it, but... That's my sordid tale of the Revelation Records discography.
So, all right. Well, why don't we move on to talk to our, I don't even, we can't even really say guest. Yeah, that's he's, true. He's here to stay. Our co-host. Yeah. Let's move to Jason. But I think what I want to do, Javier, is like we did on our episode 000. Uh-huh. I think you and I are both going to take an opportunity to introduce Jason. Okay. So you can go oh, first. Shit. Well, I got to tell you, I, I was first made aware of Jason through the Indecisions Re- Indecision Records release of Count Me Out Permanent. And I know that wasn't Count Me Out's first record, but that's the first record that I really paid attention to. And I think at the time I was very wary of like traditional hardcore or I was a little bit disillusioned by that third wave of youth crew that came out within my eyes and all that. And I was like, I don't need another band that sounds like this. And I don't need another band, like no, no offense to anyone. I don't need another band that sounds like time flies or, you know, whatever, any, anything like that. So I remember my friend, Eric Pressman saying, dude, you got to listen to this record. You got to listen to Permanent. I'm like, all right, you're my dude. I'll listen to it. I was immediately hooked. And I could tell that this record was different and special and emotional. And it captivated me. And it's, it's still my favorite Count Me Out release. And I only got to see Count Me Out once. And that was at Showcase Theater. And... I remember like some very specific moments from that show. Like I still wasn't super, super familiar with all the material, but I think that seeing that show also converted me to a fan. And then at Rev 25, Mm -hmm, that's right. I was with Ryan George and I fucking punished Jason outside. I Not stand, I stand Jason and was like, my God, I love, I love permanent so much. Oh my God. And me and Ryan, we're starting a hardcore band and I just wanted to sound like count me out. And by the way, me and Ryan George did write some songs. We wrote, oh, damn. we wrote like one or two songs. It was like me on guitar. And I think, I don't even know if he was going to sing. He might've like wanted to play guitar too, but I went to his house and we came up with some riffs and we might have had like a whole song and then we just never did anything with it again. So that's my introduction. And, and I've no, also know uh, Jason after that cloak and cloak and dagger, cloak, dagger. cloak and dagger, cloak, cloak, slash, dagger. cloak slash dagger, cloak, which, dagger. Cloak, one word. cloak divided by dagger, cloak dagger, <laughs> one word, which was his, in my mind, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that was his college record. Like it's we talk true. about how Rev has the, the golden era, <laughs> the high school era, the first wave, and then they graduated to college and they got a little bit smarter, a little bit artsier. I kind of look at the same way that Blacklisted had like a different trajectory and mm-hmm. they got a little bit weirder and a little bit slower and a little bit punker. And yeah. I think that Cloak slash Dagger especially that like the first seven inch that was jason's art school record it's true and so you know then connecting with jason through social media and admiring his shirt collection from afar and knowing that we have similar interests in music and art and all that stuff and so now i'm uh, i have the privilege of speaking to jason every day and and sharing artistic ideas and endeavors 
Yeah. And that's my uh, introduction to Jason. Now it's my turn, right? Damn. Oh, <laughs> thank you, buddy. That's awesome. So for me, I, I'd seen, I think, the name Count Me Out. And then around 2000, when the 110 record came out, everybody was talking about this. They're like, you got to hear this band. They're like... The wait, new- wait, wait. Is it 110 or 110? 110. I've heard both, but I, now, I, now I heard it from the we hear from, yeah, from the horse's mouth. People yeah. say 110. Yeah, 110. Okay. 110. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. So, so the, uh, you know, everyone's like, you got to hear this band. They sound exactly like Chain of Strength. And um, I got the record and I was into it. But um, I was also into Time Flies a lot at the time. And I remember at the time I was like, I like this, but I like the Time Flies record more. And then – you know, I played in a band called Go Time. I played guitar. We played with Count Me Out. They're always fun to see. Uh, and then One Up played with Count Me Out. And then when the permanent record came out in, I guess early, it was like early 2002, it was like right when One Up started. And I was hesitant, but for the opposite reason as Hav, I was like, oh man, they want to be American Nightmare. Like it's like dark and blah, blah, blah. But then very quickly, I, I fell in love with that album. And when One Up would record, we went to this place in Brooklyn called Atomic Studios with uh, Dean uh, Baltalunas, who mm-hmm. did like you know, Madball and Sick of It All and American Nightmare. And we would bring the Count Me Out permanent. And we'd be like, we want the guitarist to sound like this. Like, we Damn. want the drums to sound like this. Like every record we did there, Donnie Mutt, because Donnie was a, always the biggest Count Me Out fan. And <laughs> like he loved Count Me Out. And I feel like I saw you guys a bunch, but I didn't. I feel like I didn't really appreciate how good Count Me Out was until like later, which <laughs> happens with me all too often. Yeah. So I was glad that I got to see the show a couple years ago um, in, in uh, Richmond for United yeah. Blood. But yeah, and Jason, just a cool dude. Like we've been talking now a couple years through text and he helped with the logo for this mm-hmm. and my other podcast, uh, something to do. And you know, with this one, he was kind of like, Hey, what if I did, you know, designs for each episode? And we're like, yeah. And like Javier said before, I think that really helped us get out there because it looks so good and crisp and nice. And, uh, you know, he was offering his thoughts and stuff. And we were kind of just like, just come on. Yeah. The people true. have spoken. <laughs> yes. The people have spoken. Now, before we get into the thing, I want to say this. So, you hear people all the time. It happens, I think, a lot of times with a hardcore band that has two LPs. You have the people that are diehard 110. Yeah. And then you have the people like me and Javier that are diehard permanent. Do you have a preference? Mm. That's a hard call. First of all, thanks for coming down to the United Blood Show. That was awesome to see you there. Yeah, it was fun as hell. And Fireburn was so sick, and you were up front for that whole set. Oh, yeah, and Todd, Todd yeah, bit of Bow Todd Youth, yeah, great dude. huge bit of Bow Todd um, Youth. And Madball played after you guys. Oh, my God. So yeah. tight and good. Yeah, destroyed us, but that's a different story. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, 110 was, I mean, that was, we worked so hard on getting that record together. And when we went in the studio with Brian, we had notes written down for everything every little piece of feedback and all that stuff was like i wouldn't say it was 100 percent pre-planned but we tried to make it pre you would say it was 110 110 there you go 110 110 pre-planned but brian was like look you can't pre-plan everything 
you have to let the record take the, the shape that it's going to naturally. Um, it's not going to sound the way you want it to. I got really frustrated. And that's, the vocals for those that listening, record. that's, that's Brian McTurnan, yeah. right? Of be well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so people, Brian from be well, everyone should check out the, the weight and the cost, but, um, that's the LP by Be Well. But I was frustrated with how my voice sounded because it didn't sound the way I wanted it to. And we tried to do the vocals at like 10.30 in the morning and I was just pissed. And that Brian was work. like, yeah. Like my voice wasn't even warmed up naturally, but then Brian was like, look, you gotta fucking chill. This is how you sound. You have to get used to how you sound. Let's go take a walk. Let's go get lunch. Let's come back and do this. But um, so uh, there was a, like a lot of learning experiences that came with 110 that I love with Permanent. I was so happy that that record got the response that it did. But there was like a lot of like, I want to tour more. But the other members are, you know, Colin was in American Nightmare and Garth was in Strike Anywhere. And those bands were touring a lot. So we were like trying to do what we could. Um, but getting the opportunities to do more so um but i would say all in all like you guys you guys stopped i'd say within a year of that coming out yeah but it was also like um you know not to make this too count me out focus but like when we released we're into it (laughs) (laughs) when we released 110 and we went to california we're like okay what do bands do after they come back from california they break up well what if we went to canada and so we toured canada we're like well what do bands do after they tour Canada? I guess you want to tour Europe. And at the time, every like quote unquote youth crew band of that time would go to Europe. They would break up afterwards. So right. that was kind of like the goal, you know, that was like the finish line. Like if, can you make it to Europe? And so we did, we went to Europe. Um, we toured there in December, which is like a horrible time to tour because it's Christmas break. But it's also kind of an awesome time to tour because you're you're playing these like we played a lot of like small places in Europe and the turnouts were they weren't huge at a lot of the shows. You know, we were playing to like 20 or 30 people, some shows. But then, yeah, we would play some places that had like honestly 700 people there. Wow. I think think a lot of them were just looking for something to do because they were at home uh, for the Christmas break. And then uh, Christmas, we, you know, we spent Christmas together. We spent new year's together in europe this is like crazy shit that i wouldn't do now but i'm really glad that we did it when we did yeah Um, no same i i remembered we used to love tour we would go on tour one up for mm -hmm. the week after chris literally we'd leave the Mm. day after christmas and then we go through like to the first week in january because everybody was on break we now we'd go south because it's like you know warm we go to follow the sun or whatever they say but um (laughs) yeah like we did that and then you guys we did that in 18 visions once too. We left Christmas day and drove straight to Chicago, oh. like literally straight to Chicago. I think it was like 38 <laughs> hours or something oh. like that. And then on that tour, we played the Syracuse new year's day show, which was oh, sick. That was oh, wow. worth it then. Yeah. With those cool flyers. Yeah. It was like Snapcase, turmoil, uh-huh. uh, another victim, clear, uh, great show. But it's rough. And I'm so glad that hard. I did that when we did. And I'm so glad that we did the reunion show when we did. I mean, otherwise, we would have never done it. So bit a boat at fucking Foster and Richmond and everyone that came out to that and Ace and Braces. 
and Greg for coming down. Um, it was just like, yeah, it was, it was the perfect like show for you guys to do like no disrespect to other festivals, but I just thought like either that or damage, it was either going to be that or damage city. Yeah. Most sense for count me out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad it was, you know, United blood. Um, it was fun. And then one more count me out question. Sure. That I just thought of now, but like something that we took to heart when we did our, uh, the more things change record. Did you guys on permanent make a conscious effort not to have gang vocals? Cause I remember we were like, yo, there's no gang vocals. This is sick. That's funny. You said that because like we actually had people come in and do them. But when we were mixing the record, I was like, Brian, can you please turn the vocals down lower? And he would be like, okay, cool. And he turned them down lower. And I'd be like, can you turn them down lower? And he would be like, they're already low enough. And I would be like, no, turn them down just a little bit lower. And he was like, okay. But like, and everyone in the studio was kind of, I think like, they thought it was funny that they were so discreet that, but they're in there, but that was important to me that they weren't like overpowering. So it's cool yeah. you notice that because did, they are we, there, but it's real. It's real. We song. did that with that record because of that. We were like, count oh, me out. Awesome. We were like, count me out. Permanent doesn't have all these like, you know, and they, there's a time and a place for those kind of vocals. Like we yeah, it's called with, hardcore. <laughs> we talked about was break down the walls, but I just thought that was like a cool way to differentiate from other stuff was by not having that. So like we didn't have that. I used like vocal effects on a couple parts where it would be like backing vocals, but instead it was like, you know, distorted or whatever. So I thought that was cool. Greg, what's your count me out hot track? Oh my God. I told you I'm bad with song names. <laughs> I'm literally gonna, like, like I'm, I'm so bad, especially those. Cause they were all just like, not um, like they, they aren't like said in the song. They were all, most of them were yeah, like album true. titles, right? So was South Street like a, a an ode to my fine city, Philadelphia? Yeah, of course. Yeah. We were walking down South Street and we we're talking about straight edge and hardcore and what we wanted to accomplish with it and how different we viewed it than everyone else at the time. And so we came back and shortly after that, I just said, that's the name of that song, South Street. And we fucking it, love Philly. It might be dis disconnect. I great love song. the so fun to play bit yeah, of like, the colonel yeah yeah i mean it's this i mean and, and bit of boat brian mcturnan yeah. oh yeah i mean Brian's huge this part of that. record permanent just sounds so good still like it mm -hmm. doesn't like it holds up with stuff that's around now and you Thank can't you. really say that with a lot of stuff from the early 2000s yeah. And if you were to ask me to make a mixtape or a Spotify playlist of hardcore songs, just be like, hey, just, you know, throw me together a playlist. I need to listen to something. Stakes is High is going to be on a hardcore playlist every fucking time. Thank you. I, I like legit, that is maybe in my top 10 favorite hardcore songs ever. Damn. Ever. That's awesome. Maybe 20. But it's like, <laughs> but I'll it's take, up, I'll take but 50. it's it's straight up up there. Like I would, it, I didn't get to make it to your reunion show, but if I were to see you guys, I would lose my shit when Thank that you. song started. Straight up, yeah, it was just a fun. You know, that whole era was really fun yeah. for me. Like that was, you know, because I'm trying to think back, like 2001, 2002. I mean, mm -hmm. I was tw I was 21 in 2002. And like, I was, 
you know, I didn't get my driver's license till I was like 20. So it was like the era where I was finally like able to go to shows like by myself without having to rely on somebody else. And, you know, one up was just starting and we were playing a lot and it was just, it really brings me back to that like 2001 to 2005 for me was uh, great. And then I had kids and yeah. now I do Now I do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But it was awesome. Yeah, I'm glad we experienced it and bit it boat at fucking time flies and the colonel and everyone that helped make that happen. Those are those are you remember uh so Jordan after we did the interview for um the way it is comp, he sent that link to the um the war zone footage. Yeah to bring this back to Rev 001. Um and it just I, I hit up Greg and I said, Damn, I just missed touring and like that excitement of like it's a video of them getting everybody in the van together to go down to the show and play this fucking insane set where people are going crazy. But it was like all the stuff that came before the, um, the show footage was just as cool to me. So, yeah. Like I miss that as much as I miss playing. Like yeah. I miss like, like, especially for, you know, when, when one up was a band, we had posi numbers. So like the excitement of like driving Dude. up to wilkes Bear and like Fuck get yes. in there and walking around the parking lot and mm-hmm. seeing everybody and you know hitting up those weird like swimming holes and stuff yeah like, yeah it's different now too like i was in a band called extricate recently and we played in tucson uh-huh. and you know there's five people in the band and we took five cars like everybody <laughs> went and I, I my in-laws live in tucson so we took the whole family Okay. And we let we left him at my mother-in-law's house while we went to the show, you know, and my father-in-law came to the show and took pictures. And then yeah. we stayed there for like three days. And then one of the other band members like went to Phoenix afterwards and say, mm-hmm. so it's different now. It, yeah. The whole experience is, I mean, it's really different in 2020, but I, I couldn't tell you. Well, the last time I got in a van and went with a band was with disembodied i i tend to travel with them as much as possible when they're especially out here um and that you know i like i drive them i we like rented a van and i drove them up north and stuff but um it's so different now and i i too mm-hmm. miss those days of just rolling up somewhere picking everybody up in the van and yeah. putting putting the fucking gas money together and yeah those know, days those fucking days those fucking always days. stay with me and I, well, we're, I'm lucky enough that I still get to do it with Cloak Dagger every now and again. We still get together and play shows, but it's, there's something about doing it that first time that you can only experience yeah. that excitement one time. So that's- Cause that's you're, cool you're green and you have yeah. no, you have no real expectations. Yeah. Like, I think, was it me and you, Jason, we're talking about the best time in a band is really that time, like either leading up to the demo or like right when you have a demo because you have no expectations. You're not mm-hmm. worried about like, why is this band getting billed higher on this show? Cause people can lie and say they don't care about that stuff. But those of us in bands, like yeah. you fucking care. There's a lot why of this band. Like why did this band get this show? Why are they on this label? Yeah. Why are this? Why'd they get that tour? Right. And yeah. like the, the, the beginning stages when you don't care about that and all you care about is like, yo, we wrote these songs that I think are awesome and we're dubbing them on tapes and we can't mm-hmm. wait to get them out to people. Like that was the best part. Yeah. Jason, let's talk about Warzone Lower East Side Crew 7 Inch. Let's do it. How do you want to do this? Are we just going to ask him like what he, what, yeah. what he, his personal yeah. connection? Like we'll just spend a couple minutes on I, each I'm, one. 
I'm not going to edit this episode at all. No pressure, but I'm literally just going <laughs> to drop this into GarageBand and edit it and just see what Fair. happens. So yeah, but let me let me start out by saying I'm definitely no expert in the early releases for Revelation. I'm an expert in my experience with these records on Revelation. Um, so I, I'm not going to lie and say, oh, I went down to Smash Records in DC and I asked for the Lower East Side Crew EP because I knew that that was some shit I wanted to hear. What I did was I went to a show in DC at the Safari Club. They had distro set up. Um, I was thinking about it and I can't remember if John Dudek, rest in peace, sold me this from Very Distribution. But what I picked up was I wanted to get the Gorilla Biscuits CD EP. And then I also had this CD compilation called Revelation Records, The Early Years. And so the Revelation Records, The Early Years was just a burned CD. It says Jazz Masters 5 on it. But that's got all of the releases that I missed out talking with you and Hav on, Revelation 1 through 6. So that's how that's I heard it for the first time. Yeah. You know, that was, that's like one of those things, that was destiny that you got that because you knew you would miss the first six episodes <laughs> yes. because you talked about the way it is and everything after. So <laughs> yeah, that true. is perfect. Yeah. So um, if we want to go through the first, so I went back, I listened to these records. It's been a long time since I've listened to these records, but that's what I enjoy about doing the podcast is I'm looking at this artwork that I used to look at when I was younger and just like fucking, I would stare at this artwork for hours and the liner notes I would stare at for hours. And then this fucking record aficionado book came in today. And the illustrations of those record covers are top notch. This book's Ima awesome. Imagine if you had that book in 1998. Oh my, oh my God. My, all, like, the, really. all the pages would be stuck together for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that was kind of the cool part about all these releases, especially Revelation releases, was like, there was so much mystery behind this shit. Yeah. Like, judge chain of strength even gorilla biscuits there was this mystery about them like what the fuck where are these people what are they doing now now you know because of the internet but at the time to not have that was almost a blessing but um i think that is especially true and we'll talk about it real soon but chain of strength yeah was a, such a mystery and statue which Dude. is a, a, a tangent of of chain of strength i was just telling my wife yesterday looking at that 12 inch when that came out, I had no fucking clue what was going on. Mm -hmm. There's typewriter in it, and there's Italian in it, and they're wearing fucking suits. Yeah. But someone from Chain of Strengths was in this band. They like, thanked Zach De La Roca, and I was like, Yeah. Which, which <laughs> at that point he was he was in Rage Against the Machine, right, yeah. and I remember being like, This is weird. I love that. I can't wait. Yeah. To talk so about that it, it is it is interesting that the internet has demystified a lot of that stuff but when you're young and you're first buying these records or being exposed to them or talking about them or whatever it is in you have to study these things you each one of these records is a book in and of itself yeah it's true and so um so i got that cd the war zone i mean to be honest with you the war zone recording out of all of those releases is the worst recording you sure. know what I'm saying? It's a um, demo. It's a demo. Yeah. It's it's raw. It's yeah. rough. And a lot of people like that, especially I'm gonna get roasted for this, but New York sure. hardcore gatekeepers love that 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 sounds like that. And I understand because in this day and age where things got really produced and now things sound underproduced on purpose. Yeah. And people want to sound like the negative approach seven inch. Yeah. Or the 
under the uh, Warzone seven inch or whatever. Did right. you listen? Did you already talk about this on the episode? There was the re, there was the re recordings of these songs. The victory, victory years. Yeah, out. we we touched on it. I, uh-huh. I and the thing is, is like you know when when on this episode, and I had somebody be like, "Yeah, right. You never heard the." Warzone seven inch until like this year and i'm like yeah. oh because the lp is the first album especially is one of my favorites yeah and you know i just like we talked about javi when it was javi and i we were like there's not it wasn't an easy record to get and oh, i didn't no. necessarily no. think to go on youtube and listen because i personally hate listening on youtube like yeah. had had the Warzone lower east side crew been on spotify or like they reissued uh-huh. it which we talked to Jordan, you know, he was on the episode as people heard. Yeah. They're they're gonna be reissuing these. They should so, reissue it. So, you know, together comp and all the stuff will be reissued. Yeah. Um so that'll let other people hear it. But I just was always so into the LP, I kind of thought, well, why go back? I thought it was all the same songs, which of course we know it's not. Yeah. Like I learned now, but I'm not an expert. I'm just so- a fan. I do have to say though, it's, if if you want to get into hot tracks, because um, it's been a long, I mean, it's been so long since I've listened to that that record. But that song, "Will You Ever Come Back," when it hit to the chorus of like the um, "Doing That Dope," getting that hot, <laughs> where the fuck is your brain? I was like, oh shit, I forgot. I used to fucking love this song. It's just been a long time since I've listened to it. So, because um, when you re- when you reach for Warzone, what do you go for? Don't forget the struggle. Yeah, right? go, everyone goes for don't forget the struggle. Yeah. I would imagine anybody that. that says they don't self-titled. Yeah, <laughs> the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say anybody that says I, I don't like. That's that's most people's go-to. That to me seems like right. Ninety-five percent of people are going to say yeah, yeah. that's their. I that's agree. like considered their their uh legendary release. And did you did you both say that this was an essential record because? I was thinking about it and stylistically, is that the right word? Stylistically? Yeah. Style wise, the way that the record looks, the graffiti Warzone logo, the picture on the front, it's still an important record. It's still an iconic record. I think for that to be Revelation 001 is perfect, you know, and I think that Rabies as a person and his influence is just immense. I can't even put it into words. So I think it's a perfect yeah. 001, but. Um, it is. And, and, you know, I, I, in, in, a, in retrospect, you know, when we recorded that episode now it was a couple months ago, mm-hmm. I, I still stand by what I said. I don't think necessarily that musically it's essential. I agree. But I will say as a record, as a record, as, as a record, the whole package, yeah. it's an essential release because it's, it's the first revelation. If if there wasn't a first one, we wouldn't be doing this now talking about this. That's true. And and it was from Warzone too. It's not like it's from some band, you know, nobody listens to. So I would say it's essential. Yeah. And I wish I owned one. I I never will. But not an original. But if they reissue it, which they're supposed to, then I'll own that. Yeah. I'll never own one, but I'll own the reissue. And if they had a shirt, I would order it. What about yeah. the uh, Together Comp? What do you think of that? Together Comp, also the recordings on there are pretty rough. Um, I think As One is still one of my favorite hardcore songs ever. That's in my top. I was thinking about it and I thought to myself, is that top 10? It's probably top 15 favorite hardcore songs ever. So 
I would uh I will say that for Super Touch, Searching for the Light is awesome. All the songs are awesome, but I think that there's different versions of those songs that are out there that are Yeah. Better. Like that's so. what we talked about is like so because of my limited knowledge when I got the way it is, I just figured uh-huh. I don't need together not yeah. even cro- like an idiot. I, I could have probably just taken three minutes and cross-reference the songs and be like, oh, wait, there's like a different. But I figured like the Youth of Today version of Together is better on the LP. It's way better, yeah. Uh, the Super Touch version of Together or <laughs> the Super Touch version of <laughs> Search, yeah, Searching for the come, Light. The search, yeah, Searching for the Light is better on the LP. Um, As One, I like better on the LP. Yeah. Um, And the Bold is exclusive to that because it's talk is cheap i think i'm not mm-hmm. looking at it right now but right. um it's still that's an essential record because every song is good yeah but it's not a record that's easy to own because it's so expensive yeah they're gonna reissue it and it, yeah. you know i thought it was super interesting that jordan said that the seven inch was just a placeholder because they knew they were going to have a 12 inch version that's so cool that ray had this game plan of what yeah. they wanted to do and put together and that's together. That's why I think it's awesome. Yeah, no, um, agreed. As a release. So um, did you ever see that book called Making a Scene? The yeah, back? I have that. Oh, did that- you own, do you own the book? Because I was looking at the, uh, the back cover of this record is the uh, book cover. It's a mm-hmm. book by, it's, it's something from Bree Hurley. It was a book that I used to see at Tower Records and I never picked up and kind of regretted not, not picking it up because it just was a, a photo book of New York hardcore at the time, but yeah, it's, something. it's got a lot of really cool photos. It's got photos of like, um, YDL and nausea, okay. like kicking it in the park, drinking beers together. And there's a <laughs> meme that's like nausea and YDL can get along. Why can't oh, you? That's from this book. <laughs> yeah. Okay, do you have, okay. do you have that book? Hav? I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. So the first edition goes for like, I looked at the completed listings. It goes for about $65, $75, mm. but then you can order it now. So I'm, I'm, I'll probably order that, but yeah, we'll it's, do. it's cool. It's just a lot of photos. There's not a lot of stories and it is very like specific to, you know, a certain time. It looks like it's 86, 87, um, lots of just hanging out on the free street in front of CBGBs. Mm-hmm. And so then, um, and I think on the episode, you both, talked about how the super touch artwork was kind of it set itself apart from everything else that was live photos in right, the, weird. Of the basketball player yeah so which i do i i actually like that a lot they well, need to I'm, make a shirt of that i'm a huge super touch fan as you know yeah. make a shirt so, of that design i'll buy it yeah i agree there's so yeah. much untapped goodness that could, yeah. that could happen but and, and um, bethla hickey did the layout for this so i think that would be so rad to talk to her i agree you know, if she if if she would be up for it, I think that would be that would be cool to get. So is is as one your hot track on this one? Yeah, dude. As one is just united we stand, divided we fall. Hey, you know what's next? Do 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 Man, that is like one of the most iconic in bass intros, but also intros. Oh yeah, of of any hardcore band ever. I think if you don't know what that bass lick is, yeah. I don't know if I could fuck with you. And I, I guess, agree. can I say now, I'll say, on the say? Record, when we were starting this podcast and we reached out, because um, I want to put this into the universe for, for, for Lou Kohler and his 
loved ones that are maybe listening to this. Uh, Lou had agreed to come on and talk about that seven inch. And then I guess we just, we couldn't make it happen for whatever reason. We didn't link up, but I would absolutely love to do, um, you know, have an interview with him, even though we're past that record and talk to him about it and yeah. let everybody hear. So let's like put, put our, there. put our, uh, vibes out there to get Lou to talk about the seven inch. Come on, yeah. Lou. Hey, Jason, <laughs> Jason, what are you? Dickless, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, there's there was an ad for this seven inch of all of them. It's like an outtake from the cover in the alleyway. And it just says, what are you, dickless? And then it's got the band logo. And then seven inch EP out soon. So shut the fuck up, Revelation Records. That's oh shit. I shared that on our um on our Instagram. Oh, I was going to say, you're going to have to share it if you have Yeah, it's, um, on, it's, it's on there. Another uh, bit of shinfo about this that I don't think we covered is that the Sick of It All logo is also, the font is called LZH1 by okay. Chartpack. Okay. And it was a set of rub-off letters that also Schism used and Integrity used. And oh. it's... Uh, That's it the was, same one? It's the same one, yeah. Okay. And I've been on the hunt for a copy, an original copy of LZH1. Um, and so if anyone has one that they'd be willing to sell, like hit me up and because I want to put it in a frame. Uh, and then also, if you look in the back of the Record Aficionado book, um, there's the Rev Star pattern which was uh, Letratone rub-off letters. For those of you who don't know what rub-off letters was, I had to explain this to my wife the other day too. It was this piece of vellum, which is like really thin plastic. And on the underside, there's like letters. And so you would hold it down on a piece of paper and then you would rub it with a, either a pencil or a blunt object. And then the letter would be transferred onto the sheet of paper. So the, the Sick of It All logo was not hand-drawn those letters were placed on to the paper with rub off the same way that the stars were the same way that a lot of the other um, original stuff, the uh, no for an answer layout. You can find videos on YouTube of early graphic designers using all kinds of crazy shit. Like, you know, this, the letter set and chart mm -hmm. pack letters, rubber cement, all kinds of stuff. And it, it to see this stuff and know how it got there and none of this shit was done with computers is uh is really incredible to know absolutely i have no and, idea how they did that and then uh i heard ben edge i think that i heard ben edge say that this was the first appearance of the r in the star and even of the like the, the number in the star, right? Because before that, it was just the bars. And so on the first couple presses of the, um, of the Sick of It All one, first press is just the, the block with the, the logo. Second press and third press is, and fourth press even, is the number inside of the star. But then by the third press on the Revelation Records, it's got the R in the star. So this is like some nerdy ass shit and I'm sorry to commandeer, <laughs> but I, I get really excited about, about talking about that. And I, I wish that I maybe had explored a little bit more of graphic design um, when I was younger. 
because now I'm really into it and, and passionate about it. Yeah. Never too late. Um, so I don't know anything else you got to say, you got a hot track for this seven inch sick of it all seven inch hot track clobbering time all day. Mm-hmm. I think, I think if I was to put the sick of it all releases in order, I would probably go blood, sweat, no tears, then the seven inch, then just look around. Can you imagine if blood, can you imagine if blood, sweat, no tears had the same recording as just look around? Do you not like just look around? I love Just Look Around. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. I, think, I think that sonically it's superior, but those songs on Blood, Sweat, No Tears are excellent. I just wish that they sounded Like a little better. head, like a little, oh. yeah, a little bit fuller. That's interesting. I mean, you know, Scratch the Surface sounds great too. All, yeah, Built yeah. to Last and Scratch the Surface, those records sound. Uh, and like the bass tone on Maladjusted, do do. Dude, yeah. <laughs> with the fucking sans amp I on love the scratch the surface like oh, i yeah, know that, that it's like good. the major label one yeah. Uh, but yeah that was produced by a guy named billy anderson uh they talked about it on uh bit of boat a meep meep podcast the roadrunner podcast uh ryan the host did an interview with uh buzz oven and um you know talked about their record and after buzz oven recorded their album with billy anderson then sick of it all did scratch okay. the surface and they sound sonically so much different scratch the surface is like nice and thick oh yeah and, uh, all that but um yeah i mean so sick of it all did re-record they have a yeah. cd yeah called a cd they had a, a record called non-stop from their 25 year anniversary they've had so many anniversaries and but they on, did right yeah and it's on spotify and they, okay the cover looks similar to it's like the same alleyway but it's okay. like the current lineup and everything. And they do a bunch of, they re-record a bunch of songs, like not just, um, you know, the seven inch, like going through the whole catalog. And honestly, like I'm not usually big into like re-recordings, but it's not bad. It's kind of like a cool mix and it's neat to hear like Craig playing bass on some of those uh, older songs that he wasn't on. Um, it's definitely worth a spin. Mm. That. One of my favorite bands. I really like that recording for Blood, Sweat, No Tears. And I think maybe that's the way people view the Speak Out LP. Maybe they're just used to the way that it sounds and they love the way that it sounds. So they don't think about it. Yeah. But, um, I, think that, I think that's why I think that way about that record. So the next record, it's a big one. Revelation 4. Boom. GB. Gorilla Biscuit 7-inch. I also, uh, going back to my shinfo about uh, graphic design, the Gorilla Biscuits logo on the cover is, um, it's called City by a company called Berthold. And it's also the same uh, as the Mm side-by-side. And there's also a band called Berthold City. Featuring right. Andrew Klein and my dude Dave Ito, who I talk about like almost every fucking episode. My dude Dennis. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah, and, Dennis. Uh, bit of those guys. Yeah, bit of both of Berthold City. Um, they're a great hardcore band. Uh, but yeah, the Gorilla Biscuits seven inch, huge, huge, huge. seven inch. Yeah. Huge record. yeah, yeah. We and already that, gushed about it. Now it's your turn. And that was a huge episode <laughs> for us too. Yeah, yes. I'm. I mean, it's an awesome record. What can you say? I mean, the artwork is classic did you talk about sib's voice on there 
No, not really. You can. Dude, Siv's voice sounds fucking rad. It's cracking, but it sounds awesome. And then, um, should I get to my hot track? Is it too early to get to my hot track? I mean, I have nothing more to say than this record fucking rules. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with it, you should get it on all platforms. This is a great record. And, um, my hot track for it was no reason why, because I just feel like that song, it's got what sets Gorilla Biscuits apart from other hardcore bands. It's got melody to it. The lyrics are fun. And then it gets to that one part where it says, um, uh, the guilty should be told. Pause. And we'll tell them. That's like so perfect, like, you know, pop rock song sensibility. Well, Newfound Glory covered that and okay. like made sense. It, <laughs> it is. It's like it's like a, a pop punk. It's and and I'm not saying that in a dero- in a derogatory no, way. No, no, yeah. It's like a pop punk song structure. It's it's yeah. much more yeah, it's not something that you were getting from uh any of the stuff on, you know, together comp, you know, even though Super Touch had melody, different kind of melody. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that's a good choice. It's more welcoming. Like you pick that up, the record you're like, what is this crazy looking fucking record? I want I want to know what this sounds like. And then you put it on and I think it's you know, did you say starter pack hardcore? Is this yeah. Yeah. in the starter pack for sure? Hey, Discogs says that there's 28 versions of this record. <laughs> and, and I know it's a huge <laughs> It's a huge record for collectors because there's so much weird shit. And we don't talk about the collector versions of, of Revelation Records very much, which is kind of a, a, a topic of contention. Uh, for yeah. some people, but if we could do a fucking like three hour episode about just this record, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. all of and all of the variations. But the thing is, that would be fucking boring yeah. because you can't see. And there's a lot of nuances. Like if you look on the Rev Collectors board, it's like, well, my copy is more cream than your yellow copy, <laughs> and there's so many like wacky things. Yeah, and I got to tell you. One of my favorite versions of this record is the We Bite 12-inch version. It's so weird to see this 7-inch in a 12-inch format. And I think that that's fucking cool. And then uh, the, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Con Island? It's the like, oh yeah, the like weirdest, like the the last uh, version that came out Mm -hmm. where there's like snow on the street behind the gorilla. Like, I think that that's really cool to see as well. Uh, can I just bring up a sore spot? And I don't want to bum anyone out. Yeah. Um, it might be a little too early in the podcast. There's a lot of disappointment with people locked inside and not being able to go out due to the pandemic. But let's not forget when Super 7 dropped the Gorilla Biscuits 7-inch and Gorilla Toy box set on Edge Day and no one got it. Sorry Rough. to bring it up. Rough. Was that, the, was, ruined. was that the purple one or the blue? Uh, True got a copy of it. it, it he, he was able to score one somehow, but I can't remember. I just remember that everyone was so mad. Facebook was just like lit. It was, it was a bunch of angry old, yes. old A bunch yeah. of angry old men that could not grab this. I, well, think, I, I, I was think originally that, like, I don't need this stupid thing. And then, yeah, like, and then you're like, yeah, like, you fucking do. I'm like, yeah, I need this stupid <laughs> thing. I got one of the red ones. And it's, yeah. I, I got to say, I don't think Rev sells them anymore they sold the red one for a while 
Yeah. It's awesome. Like I got one. It's, it's awesome. Totally it's cool. It has the, you know, the box is great. Mm-hmm. The, uh, liner notes are cool. Um, the, and the toy is cool. It's, if you're a fan of Gorilla Biscuits, I hate to say it, but you, you need to have one. Yeah, I think so too. It's awesome. My it dude, is. Clint Billington, who we talk about from time to time too, also, who also works at Mission 2 Entertainment, by the way, he yeah, is oh. a rabid collector of things hardcore. And I know, I'm pretty sure that he has a sizable collection of the Gorilla Biscuits toys with the seven inch. I could be wrong, but mm. um, I, I like, I, I don't own one of those. I knew that if I tried, that would be a real slippery slope because I was really into like Dunnies for a while and a lot of the Super 7 toys yeah. and some of the other companies. And I, I spent a lot of fucking money on bare brick blind boxes and original fake and a lot of the uh, man just like a different kind of vinyl i was collecting yeah. for a while and that okay. is a real slippery slope yeah. to get into yeah. that and i, like, knew that I was I would... okay with having one i was right. like i need to have one right um but i know people that have all of them and and that's fine too i just for me i was like one's i mean that's how i am with most records one's fine yeah. um otherwise you know whatever but so you gave your hot track so next is a is a good one yep side Side. by side you're only young once yeah talk about it so this record um in virginia in richmond um was really big and i think that when sammy was talking about it i think he maybe thought of it as more of um a hidden treasure record and maybe it is for a lot of people but for us in Richmond, there was a lot of bands that covered Side by Side. Um, there's the band Dead Serious from here, named after Side by Side. Yeah, we um, played, they played the first one up's first show was with Dead Serious. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, we played um, them a bunch. So, and I was thinking to myself, why do I, why did I know this these songs so well? But I had the the Rev Early Years CD that we talked about, the Jazz Masters Five bootleg, but then also there was a. Um, a compilation from lost and found called hold your ground and on that hold your ground cd there was it was just like this weird mashup of there was void was on there alone in a crowd is on there side by side um who else is on there i never even heard of it oh okay it's it was what it was was just like because when i was growing up and getting into shows and getting into buying cds and tapes mainly before i started buying vinyl um you would just like try to find the most bang for your buck and so this was a cd compilation that had like 45 songs on it and it's got war zone and it's got um youth of today is on there i'll i'll send you a link to it because it's crazy how much stuff yeah we'll, sh- we'll sh- i'll share it on like the twitter or something mm-hmm. and oh it's got project x on there project x is the last song on there um and i think project x might be the cover of it but anyway side by side i liked a lot um hot track for that's backfire we're the you're the disease and we're the cure yeah that that's <laughs> that's hard as hell uh, that but you know close second to the baseline for dead serious so the boom doom 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 yeah but dead serious that's a comp song so you don't you don't have to worry about that for a hot track. god jason do your homework <laughs> yeah do your homework you idiot <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry guys don't you know they didn't Yo, teach sucker. you this you in hardcore university <laughs> gosh 
I'm sorry. But I use, uh, yeah, I, I listen to that comp a lot. So when we get to that, <laughs> I'll have some choice words. But Jason, I got a question for you. Take it. You laugh or a thought crusade? Uh, I'm going to go for a thought crusade all day. But yeah. can I take it one step further? Yeah. This isn't free, me. Free for all comp? <laughs> this isn't me. Dude, Hob, me and you have the same experience, I think. And I went back and looked. Um, so you got the New Deal video. Yes. And I didn't, but I was like, was it the New Deal video? I couldn't yes. remember what video it was from. It was 1281 and Mike Vallely and Ed Templeton yes. both have 411 songs. So I remember when Vallely was skating to face the flag. I didn't, mm -hmm. I went back and looked at the video on YouTube and I was like, oh shit, Ed Templeton also skated to them. Mm-hmm but they were like a mystery band to me. So yeah. I've always was like four on one and then no for an answer LP. And then the no for an answer seven inch. I never really listened to that much, to be honest. Which is our next and final one that you yeah. missed. And you laugh. Yeah. Um, do you have a hot track for it? Yeah, I do. I think without reason is a good song. I think without reason is one of the more memorable no for an answer songs. I thought, I thought the interview that um, you and Hob did with Casey Jones was awesome yeah that was great yeah he was cool as hell man you know mm -hmm. looking at this now with fresh eyes i think that the layout kind of looks a little bit discharge ish it's got a little yeah. bit of that like clay records feel mostly because of the black and white because and it's a little bit uh dirty but then also the back cover it's like exposed got the you know the like contrast is really high it looks cool um we actually got a didn't we get a message from dan o'mahoney telling us that we had we got it wrong about who yes. did the layout yeah he said that he did the layout not gavin and he said that's why it doesn't look as good as it could because if gavin would have done it it would have been great or something like that but well you know we could have got that answer if dan would have come on the show like we asked <laughs> not to put anyone on blast but we did ask we, i we did ask he read my message um but i was stoked that he listened to it yeah um, and i was stoked that we got a relationship going with casey jones because i actually had someone recently tell me that they really enjoyed that and we're gonna have him in a little bit with ignite and i i've always been a huge fan Same. of the early that's ignite one records. i can really dig into more than the no for an answer mm -hmm. like because i'm i'm a big fan of especially the ignite stuff that he was on the first lp and the past our means like i'm i'm excited to dive into those so yeah well jason yeah so how do you think what do you think so far like how do you think we've done before so now you're you're a part but like when you were listening before we start you know before you came on oh dude like, what do you think you're like oh these guys are doing all right oh of course i loved it yeah, I mean, from the start, I think you and Hav have great chemistry. So going, I just knew that it was going to be cool. I mean, I love doing the artwork for it. Um, and I think all the interviews that have been happening have just been awesome. I think you, we were really, uh, we got lucky with Porcel um, doing the interview and with Luke and Arthur. I think that was awesome. And Drew, of course, I mean, Drew is the coolest. It's no doubt. Everyone, everyone always says Drew's the coolest and he definitely is. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, can't wait to have, I can't wait to have a walking tour and have some pizza and coffee with Drew <laughs> next time yeah. I'm in New York. <laughs> we want to we meet up and get screamers with Drew. Yeah. yeah. That's actually like most of our Patreon is just going to screamers with Drew. Yeah. We're saving up for plane tickets <laughs> so that we can all go to New York City. <laughs> it's just for screamers with Drew. Yeah. So 
<laughs> Drew, if you're listening, we are so excited listening. to get screamers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. And everybody, like I said, Casey Jones and Sammy Siegler and um, Jordan and Ray Capo. And Ray Capo. And yeah, Jordan. like everybody. It's It's been – if you would have told me in 1997 that I would be talking to these these folks, I would have thought yeah. you were crazy. So I'm stoked. I'm I'm so glad, like, you know, the reception for the most part has been – positive and everybody's got nice things to say and um you know if if you want to write a review on itunes like you know zach mentioned last night when we did his episode uh javier and i for 185 miles south i don't think people that don't do a podcast realize how important like just hitting that subscribe button and, and listening to the episodes it does a lot it gets it gets the podcast a lot of traction so you know the best way you can help even if you don't want to do the patreon is subscribe share with your friends, tell them to listen, you know, play the podcast so that we can keep doing cool stuff. Yeah. Hey, a couple um, bits of shinfo before we sign off to go with uh, the records that we didn't talk about yet. Um, the New York hardcore, the way it is 12 inch, that cover photo and many other very awesome photos are available to purchase from bjpapas.com and i've sent bj an email um to ask her if she wanted to be on this podcast as, as for a bit of bonus episode but i also i planted that seed because i'm trying to get a print of the cover of this and i want her to sign it to me so if that happens someday i'll be stoked and i'll share it um so that and all of the books that we reference are available to purchase. Uh, you can get Record Aficionado from Rev. You can get the Hardcore Fanzine Good and Plenty book from Drawdown Books. Um, I would also recommend somehow picking up a copy of Radio Silence. Yep, they, I got mine on, uh, still on Amazon um gosh there's so many so many the um triple x fanzine book bridge the, nine the straight edge book uh tony tony, tony redman straight edge and the new york hardcore book yes both of oh, those yeah. are are great reads um and i've used them for research jason bold the bold uh summer tour 89 zine that john yes from give Shining Life. i just finished it yesterday and it was awesome and you yeah. can get that from Grave Mistake Records, spit a bow to Alex DiMatessa, my design partner. Yeah, he still doesn't owe me. Uh, you can order that? Was, yeah, yeah the bold Grave Mistake. I have, a, I have a physical. You can get it from Grave Mistake, Shining Life. I think Rev might have it. Mm -hmm. um, send yeah, send me the Alex. link because I'd, yeah. like to, I'd like to own one of those. Yeah. Dr a, Drew's in it. Of course. Yeah, so it's, it's a must-have. So, um, Alex, funny thing about Alex DiMatessa, he bet me that I was going to break edge. Because one time when we played, I said, like, if I ever break edge, I'll give you the money for your demo back. So it's <laughs> been like a running joke. Like, one day I'm going to owe him $3 oh, for the man. demo. But, um, dude. Yeah, he's a great guy. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, what other books? Um, Everybody's Seen. I always get that mixed up with the one you talked about, the photo book. Yeah. But, um, there's Everybody's Seen about the Anthrax Club um, by Chris Daly. That's a good one. Um, gosh, what else? Like I'm, I'm, um, we, we said triple X I've been using the all ages book that Rev, I believe still has. Yes. Um, schism, which you can't really get. I had a 
it's my third time owning it. Long story. Yeah, um, I had to, I had to pay it more than I would have necessarily liked to, but it's essential to have, um, you know, hardware, hardware fanzine book. Oh yeah. Hardware. Awesome. I don't have that. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. awesome. It's shining. Um, light. I think it's important right now because we are, a lot of us are still cooped up in the house and social distancing and also not going to hardcore shows. So it's an important time to support artists by buying merchandise, mm -hmm. buying physical copies of things. Of course, if you can afford it, but if you can't afford to spend money on this stuff, fucking Google. There's so much stuff out there. We always talk about uh, Kyle Whitlow's blog. What's it called? Oh, man. Yeah, anyway, you'll just Google Kyle Whitlow blog. Um, the rev, the old, read the old rev message boards, like just get out there and, and try to immerse yourself in some of this stuff. If you have the wherewithal, because you're not going to hardcore shows right now. So I think it's important to keep, you know, one foot in and, and if you like anything that we're talking about, support the bands, support the labels, support the presses the people mm -hmm. subscribe uh to podcasts all the podcasts that we talk about 185 miles south meet meep axe yep. grind uh death cast form uh, a passion form a passion mojo you don't punk. turn out a punk you don't know yep. mojack um agreed and and then on youtube as well watching the new york hardcore chronicles i watched one yesterday where he was talking to carl Beekner from Earth Crisis, and then Busky was on there as well. And so then nice. that made me order the Earth Crisis book that an Attitude Exhumed just put together. So it's like so many. There's a zines. lot of zines. There's a, I think we mentioned Pressure Drop before, which is um, Andrew from Strife, Kitz, Patrick Kitzel, Reaper Records, and Scott Vogel, you know, from Terror awesome zine they've had uh i think two of them um off the surface fanzine i just got both issues of that uh that was done by paul um from magnitude yeah that's a okay. great zine and that's a cool zine um like we said the shining life stuff like i love fanzines and i love having print fanzines i still need to get my hands on that earth crisis one too I'll probably i love podcasts yeah, I'll put an order for that this week. Yeah, and the podcasts and fanzines and, you know, just uh, like Hobbs said, support. And if you can't do it financially, that's fine. But subscribe to podcasts about hardcore and spread the word. Share a post on Instagram. It's free for you to do that. Yeah. Um, and and bid it bow to everyone that's doing that for us. Yeah. Bid it bow to everyone who's sharing about us on their story, on their Facebook uh, I my my kid's dentist has a sign on it that says, "The greatest compliment that you can give us is a recommendation to your family and friends." There you go. And that's it. I mean, it, we wouldn't be like we need people to advertise for us. I guess is what we're saying. Like, yeah. um, you know, get the word out there. If if yeah. you like this, recommend it to your friends and family and. And we've got some really yeah. cool stuff coming. I, I promise. Like if yeah. you like what you've heard in the previous, you know, nine, I guess technically 10 episodes, yeah. 
you're you're going to be happy with what's going on. But the way to make this kind of cool stuff continue is by spreading the word, making sure that we, you know, people know we exist and it'll be easier for us to get guests on the pod. Bit of boat at Tim McMahon. We're yeah. sending the good photos in and giving us some good advice. He's oh, bit of, to, always bit of yeah. bit of boat of Tim till the so cows. I gotta say come that, out. and then that guy. also uh, real quick, there's a there's a podcast called Going Off Track. Their first episode ever is an interview with Lyle Presslar. That if it was on record, I would be I would play it weekly. It's this awesome that? story about Lyle Presslar being uh, during his time as a rep for Caroline Records and finding the reels for Static Age by the Misfits. It's, Did they it do an episode with Fat Mike? Yes. That episode was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it, that's like, that's a great podcast. But yeah. like when it yeah, first I've listened, started out. We did one with uh, Norman Brannan. I love Norman Brannan. Yeah. They did one with him because uh-huh. um, I love Texas is a reason. I just think. They've interviewed Walter also. And I think. Papo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Papo's been on there. So yeah. Yeah. yeah just support, support, spread the word. Um, if you do have funds, check out our Patreon. We've got some cool stuff coming and um, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. I think this is a good episode. One take in the studio. Yeah. And I hope people don't view this as a throwaway episode. This is like a supplement. And also, we don't, we three personally don't want to rely on having to interview bands. It's great. It's fucking cool to hear the stories. But if, for whatever reason, if it doesn't happen with any Mm -hmm. of these releases, we need to be able to carry these. And I think. We all have rich and compelling voices and we're all very interesting and people want to listen to us. I was trying to do some Jedi mind trick shit right there. Did you notice that? <laughs> this but is I, the I podcast like, that you want to hear. Yeah. Like we can't we can't just rely on the interviews. They're a great supplement. But at the end of the day, like if we don't have passion, then it doesn't matter if the interview's yeah. good or you know, if we get whoever on like, you know, Zach De La Roca that we're going to get in a couple weeks. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. you know, oh, when we, when we talked to, <laughs> when we, when we talked to Zach for inside out and then he already said he'd probably come back for the, uh, <laughs> the sun 10 inch. So, and, and that's cool. Like big ups to Zach, bit of bow Zach. Um, but yeah. So what do we have next time? Jason. So, what, we're listening to techno? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was that was we have 2020. A little a little band called Chain of oh, strength. strength. And will it just be the three of us on here? I don't know. Maybe. We'll maybe see. not. Maybe, yeah, maybe you'll have so. to tune in and find tune out. Tune in and find out. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it's not. Oh. Yeah, let's Again, do it. But hey. just how much guests will we have? I don't know. It hurts to ask. (laughs) Well, only three Uh, words come to mind. (laughs) See you later. All right, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Forgive me for not knowing Dead Serious is on the (laughs) comp. You got to keep that. Hey, everybody. This is Javier from the Where It Went podcast, and I just wanted to give a special bit of bow to all of our patrons, especially to our super fan tier right now that includes chad keplinger tim shear mike the mosher o'neill do i have to say this you guys o'neill the horse fucker john cowell brandon gavell 
Hari Bowl to our dude JPD2, and a special Meep Meep to Ryan Rainbro. You guys, seriously, thank you so much. We really love all the support, and you can check us out on patreon.com slash where it went podcast. We'll see you next week. Bada-boom!